0: 94.7 Kumu Kokua Because Kumu Cares We have our lovely Lieutenant Governor Josh Green
1: It's a big day for Hawaii This has been a very difficult Two years but it's been an inspiring Journey with, with people all Across our state. People have made sacrifices And we should honor them There were first birthday parties missed And great Difficulties with work and so many Challenges but Hawaii really stood strong and ended up having the lowest infection rate in the country and the lowest death rate, second only to one other state, Vermont. And so it's something people should celebrate. It was one of the greatest honors of my life to work with people all across our state on this matter, especially first responders and emergency emergency uh, coordinators and emergency medicine folks. So today ends safe travels at midnight. So people can then travel Without concern, like they did have before, into our state because our rates are so low, and we will end the mask mandate. Now, I know that that is, is giving um, some interesting, having an interesting philosoph- uh, physiologic effect on Devon, and his you know what? Um, but uh, honestly, it's a uh, it's a very good thing, and this doesn't mean that people can't exercise additional judgment if they feel a concern and wear a mask in a crowd. Right. But it's it's a reflection of the CDC and the science and our case rates. Our cases are now down 98% from their peak. We have uh, 1,283 active cases as of Wednesday out of 58,000. Wow. Uh, that's a 98% decline. And our hospital number looks like it's going to come in around 16 people total in the hospital today, down from 393 at the peak of Omicron. That's a 96% decline. So you get the idea that the rate is very low and our vaccination rate is extremely high compared to almost any other part of the world. So that's why we're able to now begin the very you know, end phase of the acute part of COVID and move to a place where it will be there. It'll be international. We'll watch for other variants, but we're in a great place as a state.
0: Good, cool. good news. All right. That's Lieutenant Governor news. Josh Green joining us here. Uh, I I guess I okay, Devin, because let's, let's no, just because I just went on a trip, right? Yeah. And I'm wandering around uh, in California, and no one is wearing a mask. And the only people that you see wearing a mask, I I kid you not, they're like Asian, <laughs> like from Asia, <laughs> well, or or they're from Hawaii. Sure. And and I have to say, people were people were actually pretty cool about it. Like you didn't get weird looks yeah. or anything like that. They just let you kind of live your life and do your thing. But what is the what is the thing that's making you feel so uncomfortable? I, so, I, so maybe the lieutenant well, governor can I help think, you out here. <laughs> I think what it is is that we have to wait until twelve. But I but what? I forgot to bring a mask with me upstairs. <laughs> so this like, is what's making you uncomfortable. Well, you know, just that I wish the governor had said, "Well, it's going to end at like twelve noon." And then we can so all do you as think as something's, as going as something's going to happen to
1: he you? I feel like, he yeah. Could have announced it. He could have announced it for, yeah, Saturday morning. When you wake up, yeah. you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, mask. yeah, so yeah. wake
0: up and you the, And is there going to be sort, any kind of penalization if you um, don't wear your mask today for some reason, like Devin, for instance, forgot his?
1: No, no. <laughs> okay. There's not going to be any of that. The um, emergency proclamation and all of this has always been a guide to make good the decisions. There have been very few citations. This is about good public health advice. And we'll still make good public health advice yeah. as we go forward. The director of health will still you know, reflect on clusters if they occur. I will still be counting these cases a little less frequently, but making sure that we're constantly watching. But if you're not hearing a report of a new concern, I want people to go on with their lives. And I want everyone to recognize that when you have only 1,200 active cases in the state, that's, that's less than one out of every 1,000 people out there. If you, if you go for a walk today... In, around the state or in Waikiki, you have to see a thousand people before you'd likely see someone that had COVID. And even then they are probably staying home because they might feel crummy. So mm-hmm. I don't want people to panic, but it will be a process to get back to normal when you've done something for two years and you've been very diligent about it, which Hawaii has been Hawaii has had excellent mass, uh masking rates. They've had excellent vaccination rates. We have had our kupuna extremely well vaccinated then you know that we are capable of doing the right thing. But when you do something for 2 years and you get into that routine, it will take time to come down off of it. So people will find themselves reaching into their pocket for a mask, realizing, "Oh, I don't really have to wear it now that we're past this this tough phase of COVID." Right. Or someone will look a little funny at you because everyone has forgotten after 2 years that we can just go about our normal lives. Right. So, you know, be prepared for that and and we should—I think you made it earlier—a good point. Let's not judge one another. If say you're walking down the street and you do see someone wearing a mask, um, holding hands with someone, maybe they have underlying health concerns. Maybe
0: mm-hmm.
1: they chose not to get vaccinated and they still want to be a little extra careful with a mask. Maybe at a gathering, half the people—like last night, I was at a large gathering, and most everyone was masked, of course, because the rules hadn't changed. But even when we were standing in the outdoor court, outdoor courtyard. A lot of people still had a mask, even though it was outdoors. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. They were, of course, just being extra careful. But from the scientific perspective, we are now in an excellent place where we should do the other things to get back to normal. Because, for example, there was a lot of self-harm and a lot of addiction because Mm -hmm. of isolation. There was a lot of uh, inability to communicate because people had masks covering their faces. And, you know, that did hamper development for young kids. So all of these things have to be now reversed, and we begin to go back to our new normal. It'll be a hybrid, though, like you pointed out, because we do have a very vibrant community that uses um, some of the cultural tips from Asia, and that has been mask wearing and a lot of safety. So we'll be understanding. But the news today is is that we're in a good spot, and I'm very grateful that we're able to drop the mandates and you know begin to restore normalcy in our lives.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, Once again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Jess Green joining us here. Uh, This may actually be the last time we get to talk to Lieutenant Governor. Well, you know about this. You guys have a long history now um, with the two years.
1: There will be times when, if you need me, I will be there, and it'll be a um, it'll be a different kind of update. It will be a more of a summary update. What's gone on over the course of a week or two, Mm -hmm. or whether or not we are seeing long COVID, what are the consequences of our economic recovery, if you need me. These are the things that we have to turn to now. You know, Safe Travels as a program enabled us to have 11 million plus travelers still come to Hawaii. Otherwise, we would have had economic ruin and the suffering would have been even worse than it was. As we saw, a lot of people who are near poverty really struggled this last two years. And the term is "Alice families, people that are living just paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were even uh, worse off. And so it's super important that in the next month, and we're already seeing this, that we support our economic activity, that we make sure people get back to work, that we get kind of get our normal, you know, get our normal jive going. And that's a key thing. School is going to be another couple months, and I think the schools are going to continue to tease out what their mask wearing policy will be school by school. I will tell you that is basically safe, although we should not criticize anybody for going the extra mile. And we're, you know, we're coming really to the end of this, the end of the acute phase, but we'll watch Asia and we'll watch Europe and we'll build our economy and our state back again, Mm -hmm. as we speak.
0: Uh, Lieutenant Governor, are we, uh, you were talking about long COVID cases. Do we have a lot of those here? Because I know Angela we King do. did a story about it earlier, and, uh, you know, she's having her own struggles with it, uh, which I thought brought a lot of light to it. But I, I was just curious, are, are we having a lot of those?
1: We are. We're seeing a lot of that in our clinics these days. We're seeing a lot of people with memory issues. We are still seeing a lot of depression and headaches. Oh. And just to, just to reflect on where we've been these are just the number of cases we confirmed. So we confirmed 239,591 cases. Wow. I was one of them. And so those uh, 239,000 people, about 10 to 30%, we don't know yet, we're just now studying this, will have some long-term effects from COVID. So it's going to be somewhere between like 23 and 70,000 individuals are going to have some effects. That's as much as 5% of our whole population and that means we have to be mindful. It definitely affected elderly individuals more than others. I have an uncle on the mainland who caught COVID and it really tipped him over into the, um, the difficult times where he had memory issues and even uh, his dementia was worsened by that. It meant that he had to get a lot more assistance, like a lot more. So these are real things for people. We've had leaders that have seen their parents suffer with this. We've had other colleagues, like you mentioned, who have gone through this. But expect this to be part of the healthcare system. The reason for this is because viruses can cause what's called encephalopathy, which is swelling of the brain tissue, and that can cause any number of of symptoms, like headaches or memory loss, uh, pains that are difficult to discern or describe. So it's a part of our world now, and that's Mm -hmm. what happened between 2020 and 2022. COVID became a part of the globe, and when we look back on this, Hawaii, at least, will be able to say that it fought for its people, that we did everything we could to keep our kupuna living, and we lost some loved ones. Without a doubt, we lost wonderful people, but we would have probably seen 10,000 fatalities had we not um, taken the actions that we did, and that's not something we do in Hawaii. We don't turn our backs on people. Mm -hmm. So it it was an extraordinary thing to witness, and I know some people, when they do their assessment or post mortem on our response, they will make good points that it was not perfect. Of course it wasn't. But when you compare our response to other states, it was as good as you're gonna get. No other state was more proactive or more sensitive to the impact on its people. And now our economy is booming because we set a glide path to get back to normal. That's why it's a very big day since even if part of it's symbolic because, you know, a lot of people have not been wearing masks outdoors for a long time. And a lot of people have been traveling seamlessly anyway, Mm -hmm. but now, now it should be more straightforward. People will know that we, those, the last state in the country have dropped our restrictions and we want people to go about their lives. I want people to schedule their weddings and their first birthday parties and their graduation parties. We're coming to graduation season. And look, if you want to put masks on during uh, the party, if you have a lot of people around, totally great, no problem. But it won't be mandated, and people's good judgment will will you know prevail.
0: Um, it might be important to mention that there are certain places that masks are still required, like particularly maybe public transportation, things like that. Yes,
1: yes, the, especially uh, so on in public transportation where we're in enclosed spaces, like on buses, right, planes, yeah. We still need to wear masks, and the federal guidelines, especially on on air air traffic, are going to carry at least into the middle part of next month. And I will be happy to come on, maybe once a month, and, and give you those kind of updates. Really, it's up to you guys, of course. I'll be doing uh, all of my tweets and whatnot on, um, you know, ltgov, you know, ltgov at um, on Twitter. What, what is this? Yes, on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and everything. To, yeah. You have to
0: keep track of so many yeah. accounts. I don't know how you do it. I've no, yeah. got,
1: yeah, got like 10 accounts now. But <laughs> the key is we'll, we will give updates um, all the time. And the important part of that is that they won't be as acute or compelling, but they will be small instructions, like when they drop the restrictions on public transportation. You still need to wear a mask at the airport, for instance. And mm-hmm. that's important. Um, so these are just, these are much smaller changes. Uh, and meanwhile, of course, we'll be watching the news as, as a community and making sure that nothing catches up us off guard. But there is a plan. There is always a plan. And I'll be watching to make sure that, number one, we don't surge toward 100 cases in the hospital again that we can manage. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to keep our emergency management team intact and communicating with each other, obviously, so that if anything quickly changes on vaccinations or there's a new recommendation to make, we can do it efficiently. Um, That's important. You know, it's, it's not something people should be obsessed with, but it is still one of our prominent challenges. A lot of people are turning their attention to what's going on in Europe. I know that Hawaii Mm -hmm. is turning its attention to getting back to normal and dealing with red Hill and those kind of problems. uh, And that's appropriate. You know, I think that we have to remember that we had a housing crisis before this all started and we still have one. We had a homeless crisis that that was really hurting our society and it's still there mm-hmm. uh, but we you know we had to we had to really focus on this infectious disease because i can tell you when i lost my 51 year old friend from college who was a marathoner it was a stunning event and it it shook me even though i was dealing with the covid response here as a state leader but just that moment just like any other person it it made me pause and and You know, kind of take inventory about what we had to do and then even feel more respect for our people who sacrificed. So these are the realities of these kind of things. And it's almost a million people that passed on the mainland or in America in general. So we had 300, uh, 1,373 fatalities in Hawaii, which was heartbreaking, every one. But we had projected uh, 4,479 deaths per year if we didn't control COVID. So you can see what could have happened. Uh, but, yes, we stay in communication. We watch the new variant, that the BA2 variant, represents 13% of our cases right now, although our vaccines are doing fine keeping people out of the hospital with it. We have not seen a large cluster of concern, and we've, we've boosted a lot of people. We, we vaccinated a huge number of people, well over 1.1 million, but 550,000 boosters were given leaving still 436,000 people that could get a booster if they chose to. And I would recommend that. I'd I'd strongly recommend getting a booster, even though we're coming, you know, really out of the woods. Have that booster because you're more protected in case the fall is a little bit sticky. You know, do these things because it's good for your family.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Um, uh, I want to pivot just a little bit because the BA2 thing, uh, can we... Can we talk about that?
1: Well, let me break this down for you. So um, we've had multiple variants, right? We had the first original strain of COVID and that persisted for a long time. Then the Delta variant came and it was quite lethal, which was very dangerous. And we remember that we went up to 448 people in the hospital at one Mm -hmm. point, uh, which is a really high number. That was about 3.9% of all cases resulted in the hospitalization. Then came Omicron and the Omicron variant was much more infectious. We ultimately had at one point 58,521 active cases. That's almost a fourth of all of our active cases at one point uh, in the peak in January. But it was far less severe. And that was uh, a total of 393 people in the hospital, which was 0.7%. So less severe, but not not without challenge. And now this BA2 variant, which is a a sub-variant, it's very similar to the Omicron variant. It has 40 extra mutations. It's a little bit more infectious but it's still not severe. It is something that our vaccines protect against. They protect against severe illness and hospitalization. And in the mainland it's been about thirty percent of all cases, the BA two. In Hawaii it's thirteen percent. But the mainland is also seeing drops in its hospitalization numbers and and fatality rate. So we're just doing better than they are because well, to be honest, it's like eighty of every person who is eligible to be fully vaccinated in Hawaii got fully vaccinated. 77% of the whole population, even if you include little kids under five, got vaccinated. And that's at least 10% better than the national average. In some cases, it's 20% better than a lot of states that just didn't believe in it. So that, combined with a lot of boosters, means that the BA2 variant can be kept at bay, and that's why I'm reporting to you that we're under 20 in the hospital. That's, That's so few that most hospitals wouldn't, or states wouldn't even believe the numbers. So uh, it's important that we that we make the move toward normal, but we still should be safe. And there's no reason to take extra risks. I mean, don't go and flaunt it, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, respect the fact that people made their sacrifices and did a great job in Hawaii. I mean, we're down to six individuals at Queen's Hospital right now. Uh, that number it's just amazing when you reflect on where it went. I mean, six people in the hospital today at Queens is a, a true bellwether. When on January 21st, they were facing 155 people mm-hmm. in the hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so just in two months, we went from 155 people at Queens with COVID down to six. So I really want to give extra shout out shout outs to um, Queens and the White Pacific Health Maui, Kaiser, Castle, Wahi Wahilo, Kona Tripler. I mean, all these guys and, and Kahuku, even other smaller hospitals, they really stepped up, even though their nurses were doing 16-hour shifts and the medics were dropping uh, uh, you know in and out of communities like crazy, cleaning their rigs and going back in to pick people up. It was an amazing thing to behold, but that doesn't mean we should be scared. We should, again, we follow the science, we do the right things, in combination with CDC advice and the advice that our director of health gives and and I give and our, our general general Hara gives. And we come through this like a, like a family, which is what happened. So keep, you know, keep me posted if you need me and know that Hawaii did a better job than anyone else. And it prepares us for the future because I can tell you that Hawaii is now viewed as a, a safe haven. It's viewed as a place that, that knew what was right in general not perfect but what was right in general and so people are going to celebrate Hawaii that could mean and I know people are going to look up at the sky on this one it could mean people want to be here and visit us because of
0: this <laughs> yeah, no, that was, well, that was <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk to you about because I mean remember the last time we opened up and everybody said Hawaii is the best place and all of a sudden we were overrun with tours and I think we're still not at that stage right where like the hotels and stuff are ready
1: yeah it's um It's true. One of the challenges that we have is that we really saw a lot of our workforce kind of sit on the sidelines or go elsewhere or seek other jobs that weren't so front-facing when a pandemic was raging, and that is still the case. I can tell you that we're already reaching 2019 numbers, and we're going to have to be much smarter about tourism uh, going forward. Tourism is going to have to. uh, Tourism is going to have to be. a luxury and something that people celebrate a couple times in their lives, not every six months coming to Hawaii, because we have to be careful with our environmental uh, footprint. We have to be careful that we preserve Hawaii and its beauty. And I think that's going to mean that it probably be more costly to travel to Hawaii for visitors, which will in turn mean slightly fewer visitors, but those will have a, a more meaningful experience culturally and just seeing the beauty of Hawaii. So we should prepare for that as our model. Which I'm believing I'm preaching behind the you know behind the scenes quite a lot, uh, but yes, yeah, people are going to want to come to Hawaii. Some people want want to move to Hawaii. Mostly, what I hope is that those of our loved ones who have been kind of sitting in limbo or maybe living in Texas or or Nevada or California, I'm hoping they come back, and I hope mm. that they come back and participate in our family events and our economy, and what I hope will be a rebirth of of Hawaii after this two years of essentially cocooning ourselves up because of this virus. So that's what we have to root for. I'm lucky. My kids are still young. I haven't let them, you know, go to the mainland or they haven't left the nest yet, but a lot of people did see that. And Hawaii is a safe place. We have to deal with some of our larger challenges. We have to really get control of this housing shortage. That's got to be a priority to make it more affordable to live in Hawaii like dropping taxes on things like food and medicine. We should do those things to make it easier to live here. But do know that people look at Hawaii as one of the true special places. And it's you guys who make that happen. It was this kind of response, this response that was based more on altruism rather than on selfishness in Hawaii that really set us apart. And that's something that we can celebrate our diversity and that, that sense of, you know, that sense of Ohana. So I'm very happy and, and honored to be a part of, of this state. And I think that the future is quite bright for us. Not, we're not out of the woods in every way because, you know, we've got challenges. We've got challenges that other people can't even believe, like homelessness. But we are special here. And you guys, you know, I'm speaking to your audience, really everyone should be honored for their sacrifice they made. And now let's, let's celebrate together getting back to the normal Hawaii. Hmm.
0: Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, what uh, things are in place to sort of make sure that we blunt something like this happening again? Because, you know, I mean, we we reacted very quickly, but uh, everyone was kind of caught with their pants down a little bit as far as being prepared for this. So are there there things in place now? Did you guys ensure that there's like some book somewhere that says, "Okay, if this happens again, here's the first thing we need to do?
1: There is, actually. So the Hawaii Emergency Management Team, run by General Hara, with Myers, just many great people over there, they are in constant alert. Uh, so that being on constant alert means knowing what's going on elsewhere in the world, knowing what our risks are. They communicate with me and the governor nonstop. And we won't stand that down. Of course, we won't spend every waking moment looking at COVID now. But we have the plan both Uh, to deal with the end game of covid and also to be aware of what new threats might come that means counting cases still behind the scenes so maybe not every moment i know that some people would like to get those case counts every day and i like data every day and much of that data will come to us but uh, the department of health will have to start focusing on some other things because when you neglect other issues like like depression or suicide or access to health care there's great consequences uh, but we do have a plan and if we had to act we would act even more nimbly and for a much tighter smaller window in the future and i think that's important to recognize too because we were we we're forced basically by the whole world to constantly keep our guard up because we didn't want to we didn't want like another wave we didn't want to see our hospitals get overrun so we're always thinking about these things we'll keep assessing our cases and for potential new variants and I get up every, every morning at 3 or 4, and I study what goes on in Europe throughout the, throughout the day and what's going on on the mainland, just in case there's something that could be an existential threat for us in Hawaii. And we have a lot of people doing that, a lot of good people. So that's one of the roles uh, of good government, I hope, people see. And it's not infallible, but we do these things. We'll be better prepared with better science going forward. Our labs are more sophisticated than ever. Dr. Desmond over at Hawaii State Lab is really terrific and sophisticated, and a lot of our people are now veterans of dealing with a pandemic. You have a whole fleet of people that have been through this that will be able to reflect on this experience for a lifetime. So we're better off than we ever were before. And now let's turn to the other big challenges and let's get back to get back to the parts of our lives that matter. A dear friend of mine is going to get married here in two or three months. They put up their wedding off for many months a lot of other friends we can't turn back the clock and necessarily get back some of those first birthdays but we can celebrate our kids now getting off to preschool and setting up better programs for them these are the kind of things that we should focus on uh but always in the back of my mind i'll be paying attention to see whether or not something could catch up to us uh like covid
0: okay thank you very much Uh, lieutenant governor josh green joining us for uh kind of a wrap-up. Doesn't that make you feel better, Devin? Don't you yes, feel better? Yes, yes. There's okay. a plan. It's okay. It's I, all I'm... well thought out. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's a plan.
0: There's always a plan. <laughs> there's always a plan. So, yeah. so do I play the song now, then? Play is that, it now. Is that what you're? Play okay, it now. Okay. Let's right, dance. We go. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll allow the <laughs> Lieutenant Governor to dance his way out. He can give us a Yahoo. Yeah, he can give us a Yahoo. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for joining us, uh, all these many. Mini- Months and years. Two years. Two years. It's, it's, oh, it's doing been something. an honor.
1: And and I will always be at your service one way or another. So thank you for thank you for being so informative with people and thank you for giving people hope. That's that's very important too. So guys, we came together in a great way. It was inspiring and I'm just honored to be on this journey with you. But now let's go and hopefully celebrate a great spring and summer for Hawaii.
0: All right, cool.